Amen. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you to my church family, staff, elders again. Just <clears throat> good to be back, but uh, a great summer, but not being here at home, our spiritual home, back together. Pastor Mike mentioned that uh, he wanted me to keep it short this uh, Sunday because now I know why. Uh, just a beautiful uh, video tribute. Thank you so much. I will try to keep it short. I'm going to try to jam in a bunch in a short period of time. Um, and again, I think probably some of the, the amazing le- <clears throat> lessons learned over the summer will extend into upcoming weeks and months. But what a summer. Uh, 2020 has been one of the strangest, most blessed personally, most difficult, (laughs) life-changing, and crazy years, I think, that we have ever experienced. And I think even those who are in their 80s would still, or 90s would still say, this has been a unique year. And this summer fits right into the weirdness and craziness of this year. Two countries, seven states, about uh, three national parks, multiple cities, multiple landmarks, multiple beaches, and met dozens and dozens of new people. Um, Just an incredible summer that we were not expecting. Um, At the beginning, near the very beginning, before we actually headed out on our sabbatical, we were given a verse by a friend of Jessica's who's in ministry, uh, in Jewish ministry, and she said... I don't know why, but the Lord has given me this verse for you guys. By the way, when someone does that, pay attention. Pay attention. You know, that, you know, the Lord may be actually using that. And she gave us a verse from Isaiah 43. And I have to say, it applied uh, not only to our sabbatical, as you'll see, but more than that, I think it applies to the church, capital C, in our country, maybe in our world, and to our specific local church And that is Isaiah 43, verses 18 to 19. Just a short two verses. reads like this. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. (laughs) This is the word of the Lord. What we see here is that we were called to, to trust in God's sovereign will. God's doing new things continually, and where he calls us to follow him, to trust him into those things. In verse 18, we see clearly here that the calling is to hold on to our own thinking, our own plans, lightly. Hold on to them lightly. Remember not the former things and consider the things of old. Most scholars recognize that this is a verse to Israel to look forward to what God is doing next. Yes, you, you see what God has done, specifically in the Exodus and bringing Israel out of Egypt in a mighty way through the desert, through the Red Sea. But look forward. God is doing something new, something continually at work. And that probably refers to the exile to come, return from exile to come as Israel gets brought back into their land. Uh, we, we remember, we consider not. That's a mental thing. Don't, don't dwell your mind constantly on the past. Instead, behold, perceive. There's a seeing thing, a vision thing. Look ahead to what is to come. Now, of course, you learn from the past. That's not the point here. Uh, God always acts in line with his word. He always acts in line with his character, and we understand and know his character 
from the word of God and from how he has worked in the past. And God always acts in line with his past actions. God is not sort of double-minded. He always acts. But his point is, and so the point is not to grab a hold of every new fad, every new teaching that's out there. However, understand, it's not just about the past. God is still at work right here, right now, and going forward. And therefore, our plans, (laughs) our expectations are always submitted to his sovereign will. This was a a lesson that God made very clear to us, I think, for this sabbatical. Um, The amount of of planning and preparing and applying to get this grant was pretty significant, as the staff could attest to. And uh, so as as I put together this lengthy, whatever it was, 20, 30-page application, um, it was very specific as to where we're going to do what we're going to be, I'm going to be studying, where we're going to be traveling, uh, what the exact budget was going to be. And the original plan was to go to the UK, um, really spend a significant amount of time in London, a short, brief trip into France, into Paris, and then end in the Dominican Republic. I'll get to it in a little bit, but none of that happened. Okay, so what happened is COVID-19 hit, uh, a worldwide pandemic that basically shut down travel across the globe, an economic uh, disaster that affected almost everyone, and then shortly after, social unrest in the streets. (laughs) So here we are, waiting, trusting that the Lord has provided this beautiful sabbatical to come, and tons of work and planning went into it, and we're left with saying, all right, Lord, now what? (laughs) Now what? And as we were sort of praying through what that means, uh, I certainly felt that the Lord was saying to still go ahead with it. Still move ahead with the sabbatical. If for no other reason that it takes so much mental work and capacity to, to plan for something like this. I was just talking to someone during, right before the service was saying, part of the, the fun of, of a vacation is the planning, right? You know, it's not just the actual going. Well, it just takes a lot of time and energy and effort. And I didn't want to extend that for another year. So I felt like Laura would say, no, this is the time to go. Whatever it is, it is talked to the grant people, and they basically gave us a green light. You can do what you can do. I mean, we understand that there's a worldwide pandemic. Go ahead and go where you're going to go. So we said, all right, let's take it step by step. First trip was out to the the old west there, South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, which is beautiful, by the way. I have a picture. I just want to throw up there. Uh, So we said, all right, let's do this. It's a place I've always wanted to go to. Um, I think out of the entire trip, the most beautiful state and some of the most stunning views is Wyoming, by the way. But near the beginning, we find out, so we're already into our sabbatical, that Europe is closed. <laughs> you cannot go to Europe from the United States, and United States uh, cannot, uh, and Europeans cannot come to the United States. So we have to readjust our, our, our whole plan from there, thinking, okay, but we'll still end with going to the Dominican Republic. Well, as we continue to go through our grant, you can imagine that the, the Dominican Republic called us or emailed us to let us know, I'm sorry, we've canceled your hotel reservation. We're shut down. Uh, our particular place is shut down because of COVID. So now we're left just following the Lord's leading step by step. Okay, Lord, what do you want? It's all a gift anyways. <laughs> it's not like I deserved any of this. It's not like I worked for it. It's, it, it's, it's God's grace. And friends, that's a good place to be. It's in your hands, Lord, and whatever you want, whatever you want to work out in your will with my life is really your decision. 
Your life is no longer your own. It belongs to the Lord. And therefore, all my plans, they sit at the altar. And if you want to cancel them, you want to change them, you want to do something different, Lord, it's in your prerogative. That's not just here in Isaiah 43. We see this in James chapter 4. We hold our plans lightly. Hold our plans lightly. James chapter 4, come now. You who say today or tomorrow will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. You don't even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you're a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Of course, the wisdom of the Proverbs brings this out. For Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans in the mind of man, but it's the purpose of the Lord that will stand. <laughs> so God is doing something different, and we're called to follow him. Hey, friends, just the just lessons, I think, again, that goes and extends beyond our summer sabbatical, is that our plans are always at the altar of God. Not that planning is wrong. <laughs> we should plan and think and prepare but we hold it lightly and recognize the Lord has the right to change what he wants to change. This is true of us individually, isn't it? I mean, this year has made it clear. What has been, what has been affected with the craziness of 2020? Not just our health and our wealth and our entire future plans, right? Just that, right? Because COVID affects your health, and so that changes that. The, the economy is struggling, so there's your wealth, your 401ks, and, oh, by the way, your whole plans for the future right now are all, in the, are all up in the air because there's a lot of social unrest and who knows what's going to happen, all this on the, on the political side of things or in the travel side of things. Everything is now as if God says, hold up. You don't know what the future holds. Trust me. Some of us, again, have lost loved ones. I thought about naming some of the ones that we are used to sitting here by our side, but I didn't want to leave anyone out just in case, and we've all lost people that we love and that are close to us unexpectedly. Churches. Churches are, are, are grappling with this new reality that we're in. I mean, think about our church. What were, we, had, we had all these plans. This is the Sunday that we would typically do rally day, right? This is rally day. We talked about how amazing our Kid Town program is. And I agree, 100%. But we can't meet for Kid Town, at least not for the time being. Our community groups are put on hold. As Pastor Mike said in the sermon last Sunday, which I watched online, they expect that one in five churches will close. Pastors are dropping out of the ministry all over the place. All the plans we had in the hands of God. Reminds me of the story, it's commonly quoted, but in the Chronicles of Narnia, where Lucy asks about, I think it's Lucy that asks about Aslan, the great lion, who's the Christ figure. Is he safe? And the answer is no. But he's good. I think that's what we can say about God. Is he safe? No. <laughs> and if you haven't learned that from 2020, then it's time to learn that lesson. But he's good. He's good. We can trust his providential and perfect will. We can seek to follow how he's leading us, always in line with his scripture, but what he's doing for us personally and with us in a church, as a church family. 
which is the second part here. So step out confidently as God is at work. Hold on to your own plans lightly, but step out confidently because God is at work. He's always at work. Behold, I am doing a new thing. There's a reason why the book of Isaiah says here, Isaiah under the leading of the Holy Spirit says here, to forget the former things. Uh, Because he wants them to focus on what God is doing in the present and going forward. God is springing forth something new. And that is, he describes it here symbolically as water flowing through the desert. And you can imagine Israel is a lot of desert and there's not a whole lot of water. Um, As you know, part of this trip, some of you may know, was to head to the southeast of the United States, which is basically a big desert. I don't know if you know that. So we went to uh, Las Vegas uh, uh, because that's the best way to get to the Grand Canyon. I'm not a gambler. I'm not a drinker. And all the shows were closed, so just so you know. But we did fly in there and spend a little bit of time there. Um, it's basically like an oasis, a city that sits in the middle of the, the desert. Uh, but uh, the Grand Canyon is just that right there. One of those beautiful views, I think, in the United States there is uh, the Grand Canyon. It's beautiful, but the, the desert is what? It's beautiful. It's quiet. But above all else, it's dry. <laughs> There's not much water there. Israel at this time had been exiled from their homeland, living abroad. They were conquered, a defeated people. Maybe there was a temptation to to glory in those former days. Remember when we used to be this great nation? Remember when we came out of Egypt? Remember when we spent all of that time in the land of Canaan and we had these great kings like David and Solomon. It'll never be that way again. It's all past. And what's the lesson here? To look forward. Who knew that what was to come for them was a return from exile, a rebuilding of the temple and the wall around them, and even today, of course, Israel still sits as a country. What other ancient country from that time period still exists today? Just a handful. Egypt, maybe a few others. But even better, what they didn't fully grasp at this point in time is what Isaiah gets to next, a little later in the book of Isaiah. And that is, of course, the sending of the Messiah. Better than being exiled out of Egypt. Better than God opening up the Red Sea and doing these miracles in Egypt. God would bring a Savior to the world. Listen listen to this quote from Isaiah 53. Surely... This is before Jesus, well, well before Jesus. Surely, describing this person, this servant, he was born, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. God was saving his greatest act, which is to send his Messiah to Israel and eventually to the world. And that was still in front of them, still ahead. Friends, I can say this again with the lesson we learned this summer. Our sabbatical ended up being even better than we thought, (laughs) even better than we imagined. So, of course, we stayed in the United States for the majority of it because, you know, couldn't go to Europe this summer. 
So what ended up happening actually is that the European sort of reservations all gave us credits for next year. So it's not as if we can't go. We just have to wait for that portion uh, for you know, a couple weeks next summer to go to Europe. So that's still there. But we spent the majority of the time here, Lord willing. We'll go next again. Under God, if God wills, we'll be able to go next summer. Um, but honestly, all that was happening here in the United States, I wanted to be here. I wanted to be here. There was so much happening here that I felt like to be in another country just wasn't right. So as, as you guys here are going through all the different things with COVID and social unrest, we're seeing the same thing at different parts of the United States, praying and seeking the Lord through it all. And honestly, just a personal thing, I've always sort of questioned and wondered whether I was called to the mission field. And uh, that may still be part of the future. Again, all our plans are in God's hands. But this was just another uh, confirmation that I think the Lord would have us here at this time. This is, our country is hurting, it's sick, it's needy, and it needs ministry happening right here. And that that was a particular sort of word to stay here and to be, behold what God is doing in our country. We saw God's hand in numerous different ways. We could go on and on. Um, the books I'm, I'm reading and how they apply to what's happening. Just gifts. Gifts we'd get, a free tank of gas. Uh, you know, things like that. It would just happen that God would give us confirmation that we're in the right place at the right time. I think my daughter said to me, yeah, that, it is a little ridiculous, isn't it? How everything just keeps happening in a certain specific way throughout this summer. People we met and just some of the stunning uh, beauty that we got to behold. And like I said, we weren't able to go to the Dominican Republic. However, we ended up going to Mexico, which was pretty neat for a couple of reasons. One, because we were heading to Mexico right at the time when a hurricane slash tropical storm was hitting our country, which almost certainly would have canceled our plans to the Dominican Republic. But Mexico, because it's southwest from here, we were able to go. And I was able to still work on my very poor Spanish, which got a little better down in Mexico. But we got to do some amazing things. What a summer, zip lining and swimming with the dolphins and getting some rest. And that looks like a video game, doesn't it? I mean, that's how it was pretty cool. By the way, there's crocodiles literally in that water beneath that. So, but, uh, but you're pretty well roped in there. So what was God up to? What is God up to, friends? Not just for us personally, but what a lesson. Again, no one could have expected 2020. I think it reveals that God is doing something unique. Something special. Something new. And we're to have eyes to perceive it. Friends, I, I, my guess, don't, don't think this is all going away soon. I think there's a lot more coming. <laughs> Just in terms, not necessarily in terms of the pandemic, but in terms of all that's happening in our country. And there will no doubt be some permanent changes because of all that's happened over the last four or five months. But God is at work. In your own life, maybe you're, you know, you're down about the direction that things have taken. Maybe you're struggling mentally, emotionally, financially your job, your business. Maybe you're still struggling with anxiety and worry over your health. Look to him. He's at work. He's doing something special. Friends, I believe that's true of our church. 
I believe that our greatest days are ahead. One of the things I got to do, obviously, over the summer was to constantly spend some time thinking and reflecting and praying over First Baptist and specifically. Specifically, I believe God has put our greatest days ahead. Trust in God's sovereign will. Hold your own plans lightly. Step out confidently in faith and expect God to work. One of the things I did towards the end of this sabbatical was study revivals. Revivals. And particularly the Second Great Awakening, which I didn't know too much about before. And one of the things I learned about revivals, and this is almost consistently and continually true. There probably are a few exceptions over history, but this is pretty regularly attested to. That there is a darkness before the revival comes. There's a time of struggle, of of moral laxity, to put it lightly, of a lot of pain and struggle and hardship before God steps in and does something truly powerful and unique. And that was clearly the case in the Second Great Awakening. And then God started to work in different places, in different ways around the country. It was just a sum eyewitnesses, evidence of how God was at work. As I continued to labor, this is Jacob Knapp, I think he was a pastor. As I continued to labor, other ministers caught the spirit of evangelism, a need for outreach. Many of them went forth from their own immediate fields to assist neighboring pastors, connecting together with other churches across denominations. Thus the work extended all through the United States. Converts were multiplied by tens of thousands. It's another passage, Jeremiah Halleck. The work was by no means noisy, but rational, deep, and still. Poor sinners began to see that everything in the Bible was true and that they were wholly sinful and in the hand of a sovereign God. Rupert, John Rupert, again, these pastors are no big names. They're just local pastors from around the world writing about what they began to see. Our prayer meetings were crowded and solemn to an amazing degree. No emotions more violent than shedding of tears. And no appearance of wildness and disorder occurred. Nothing appeared but a silent, fixed attention and profound solemnity. No reporter, there was no commotion but a stillness in our very streets, a serenity in the aspect of the pious, and a a solemnity apparent in almost all, which forcibly impressed us with conviction that in very deed God was in this place. Another one, the appearance was if a collection of waters long suspended over the town had fallen at once and deluged the whole place. For several weeks, the people would stay at the close of every evening service to hear some new exhortation. Another, such abasement, such confession of sin, such earnestness and importunity in prayer and such hope in God's almightiness, I have rarely witnessed There was a strong and confident expectation that the Holy Spirit was about largely to descend upon the people. And so it was. And lastly, James McGrady, the year 1800 exceeds all that our eyes beheld on earth. The Lord has indeed showed himself a prayer-hearing God. He has given his people a praying spirit and a lively faith. And then he has answered their prayers far beyond their highest expectations. Sometimes, friends, after the darkness comes a revival.
Let's pray. Let's hope. Let's trust in the Lord. That is, the church is shaken up. Not only our church, but churches around our country and around the world as our faith is tested that behold, God is doing something new. Would you pray with me? Gracious Father, it's so back. Lord, missed my, my spiritual family. It's good to get back to work. <laughs> it's good to go back into ministering to one another, being part, uh, actively part of a church family, no longer from afar, but here, right now, together. Father, we, we know that this summer has been a challenge for pretty much everyone, <laughs> pretty much all of us here. Uh, but we also know, Lord, that when our plans get shaken up, when our expectations of what's going to happen get twisted upside down, oftentimes, Lord, that means that you have something different, something new. As you begin to slam close certain doors of opportunity, that means some new doors get open. We thank, we're thankful, Father, that you, you always work in line with your word. You are never inconsistent. So as we read and study the scriptures to know the character of God, we begin to sense what you might be doing in our own day, in our own time. But Lord, we would pray that you would help us to be sensitive, listening, understanding the conviction of your Holy Spirit and what you want to say and do through us. And what you want to do, Lord, in the upcoming days and weeks and months and years and decades before us. We lay it before your altar. We trust you with our own lives personally, Lord. Whatever we're wrestling with and struggling with right now. But also, Lord, corporately as we are one body together as a church. We place it before you. We trust you. We put it in your hands. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Let's stand together as we close. Thank mm-hmm. you.